Welcome to Life List, a birding podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Life List, a birding podcast. I am George Armistead here with my co-host, Molly Brown. Molly, how are you doing today? George, I am doing great. This is a weird recording for us. It is nighttime. I don't know if we've ever recorded at night. Um, yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, it it throws everything off. <laughs> I had to really think it through. I know. We have a guest who's currently on a birding tour, I think. Yes, um, that might be a first. Yeah. And I think this might be the fastest that we ever get to the real content of our episode. I'm making a my own prediction there. I think it's a good that's a good <laughs> prediction. It's it's a very juicy juicy episode we have today. Uh, let's cut to the chase and introduce our guest. His name is Alvaro Jaramillo. He <laughs> lives in Half Moon Bay, California. He runs a tour company called Alvaro's Adventures, and he is currently in Chile or Argentina. I've lost track at this point. Uh, scouting a trip. Alvaro Jaramillo, how are you doing today? Hello. Actually, I am leading a trip. Uh, yeah, it's the Birds and Wine. Uh, right now, okay, and uh, you were yeah, scouting, right? I, I'm so excited to be on your podcast, guys. It's, this <laughs> yes. is wonderful. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this is great, and one of the reasons that you're up at night is because I had to finish dinner with folks in order to do the podcast. So, hopefully, we equal just... parts birds and wine. Yeah. Today was all wine and food. My gosh, <laughs> and we went to. Wow. If anybody knows Francis Mulman the famous Argentinian chef. We went to one of his restaurants in Chile and uh, and also had some amazing wines in other spots before that. So it was, uh, as you can imagine, I am very worn out from that eating and drinking. <laughs> you seem very well sated. Yeah, that's right. And we saw some <laughs> birds too along the way. Some cool, cool stuff. But tomorrow we get back on the birds. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like the alternating, <laughs> the bird days and the wine days. Yeah. You have to balance. Keeping this. everything in balance. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Otherwise. That sounds like such a fun tour. Yeah. <laughs> we should do the, you know, birds and wine with friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trip. Yeah. Well, I feel like we sh we should get into the good stuff here because, um, man, I, big news this week about as big as I can remember in birding news. You know, like I was thinking back. I think like two thousand four when the ivory billed woodpecker news broke. That was big. This this felt similarly big to that uh, when on November first. The American Ornithological Society uh, announced that they're, they're going to change the names, the English names of bird species named after people, the uh, the eponyms or the uh, honorific bird names. And boy, um, I think we all kind of knew this was coming to some degree or another, but the reaction has been. Um, really all over the place. And um, let me, if I can pr ask, you know, that 
that I offer one piece of advice. It's that you shouldn't casually comment about such things while watching, uh, while drinking beer and watching football on a Sunday. You can end you can end up in some trouble, as I learned. Also, it's really good to not. It's good. It's good to not uh, sort of you know hypocritically call people lazy while you're drinking beer and watching football on a Sunday, <laughs> making Facebook comments. That will get you in trouble. Is something I learned. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, suffice it to say, um, my hypocrisy aside, I think, yeah, this was this was huge. Um, and Alvaro, you were right in the middle of all this. Um, you were you were on the ad hoc committee um, that the AOS put together um, that made recommendations for as to how to deal with that. What you know? Where do we begin here, Al? Um, well, uh, I guess. One of the things, too, is that I've for a long time been on the South American Classification Committee, so the SAC, which is also part of the AOS and does has been naming birds for some time. So I had an inside scoop to naming whenever there was a split, right, or a proposal to change a name for some reason. So I had that going on, and that's one of the reasons that I ended up on this ad hoc committee that it's, the role was to put together a, a sort of um, idea, a roadmap of how to change or what names to change or how to deal with name changes that were offensive. Let's put them that way, like, or names that might offend people because the folks that they were, the birds were named after were, were people of dubious character at least is how we assess them today right and um, that was a that was a report that was given to the council at the AOS and then they chose to either they could have gone many ways reject it accept bits of it or accept all of it and they essentially accepted all of it that we suggested so I, and I think that was a big surprise to many of us even within the committee but it, it took a long time on this ad hoc committee to go through and think through things that were out there you know how to deal with all this you know so we didn't start with some plan it was sort of kind of organic <laughs> how to sort of move through but i i don't know um maybe also i should mention that the committee had a really diverse set of people from various places, ornithologists, people in you know, do that taxonomy, people who are involved in um, birding, the ABA. Uh, and, you know, I could go on. You guys could probably ch- check who's on the ad hoc English Names Committee. That's a, uh, Yeah, I was just going to mention, um, if you go to the AOS site, you can see who the ad hoc committee members were. Uh, the names are uh, Daniel... Cadena, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name. Cadena. Cadena. Steve Hampton, yeah. Marshall Iliff, Taiki James, Alvaro Jaramillo, Irene Liu, Erica Knoll, Troy Peters, Pamela Rasmussen, Michael Redder, and Allison Schultz. Those were the names. Uh, and as you say, quite a diverse bunch. Yeah. So I, I have so many questions, so I'll, I'll try to sprinkle them throughout. But kind of starting, actually, even backing up further, 
I'm curious if you had been involved in any sort of name change that wasn't a result of a split or a discovery before. And I think there's there's some information on how this whole committee started from the AOS, but this has been like a couple years in the making, right? So so when did the whole committee start and what, what were the beginnings like for you? Yeah, um, let's see, taxonomy, um, there, there were a couple of things that, that were interesting. I, I actually wrote up um, a proposal where, where I su- suggested they should, the name for the flesh-footed shearwater should be changed after I kind of went into the research for what flesh actually means and how it's being interpreted back even in the 1800s. And that it wasn't what we think of as like flesh meat, but it was a color of a white person's skin. And I thought that was odd. And it wasn't necessarily even correct in terms of the the naming of the bird. And I thought this just sounded off to me, even, even though I, I defended this name for a long time because I always thought flesh is flesh. Everybody's got flesh, you know, there's no, but you look into it a little further and it, it's, it was a, a lot more complex than I thought. And a lot of the process here has been the same thing, where I had a preconceived maybe notion and also an acceptance of the way things were. And then you think about it more and then you go, oh, my God, you know, um, I don't think I was thinking all this through exactly uh, in, in detail. So that was one that I proposed, but it, it got tabled because at that point in time, the AOS – leadership said, you know, um, we don't want to make any English name changes until we have a process. And then I thought, well, what the heck, you know, who's doing this process? You know, who's, what's going on? And, and weirdly enough, somebody eventually said, you know, you're on the SAC committee and, you know, you, you've dealt with English names. Would you want to be on a committee that makes recommendations not that you're going to be choosing names, just makes a recommendation on a process. I'm like, well, I guess so. Seems like, seems like a good thing for birders, you know. So, I, but I was a little naive too on exactly how complicated it would be. And yeah, it, it was like two years ago that that was first kind of started. So, I guess does that answer the question, sort of? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Two years is a long time to be meeting and working through, like, the the start of such a massive change. Yeah, yeah. And, and we would meet on Zoom. There were times, like, every Friday. You know, it's like meeting on Zoom every Friday. Hey, you know, what, what are we doing here? Uh, and uh, I got to say, at the start, none of the people in the group really knew what was going to happen. It was completely a blank slate, except I think everybody, and I think this is kind of a true thing for 80% of the birders, maybe, I don't know, maybe in higher, that they agree that there's some people that birds are named after who are not the nicest of characters. And let's figure out how to change those. That that I think we all were kind of at least on the on a path or accepted that. I don't think. You mean everyone on the, the committee? Group. Yeah, on the, on the ad hoc committee. And I think a lot of birders think this way too. Yes. The, many of them who are upset are like, well, why, 
all names. Why not just those? And that was kind of the meaty part of the process, actually, is that we all kind of, not all, maybe, most of us got to that point where we're like, you know what? Uh, this is tough to just do a few because you start, it all becomes about evaluating people and who are we to judge exactly if Wilson was a fantastic fellow versus Scott versus, you know, you know, Lucy. I mean, <laughs> it, and uh, we realized that if you have this idea that you want to change sort of the, the worst actors in the whole name situation, and we called it, we, we had a nickname for it, the scalpel approach, where you, where you are, Sort picking of and choosing. deciding, picking and choosing how that would work. And then we realized that the committee that would, it, at the, it, the committee that in, in that case would be the taxonomic committee would essentially just be assessing people and people's morality and people. And if you extend this to the South American committee, some of these people are still alive. So um, that's even more complicated, you know? Um, so, Folks who are thinking, oh, you know, how do we, why should we uh, assess people from 100 years ago in today's values? Well, some of these birds in Latin America are named for people who are alive today. So it, it's an even more complicated situation. So the more we thought through processes and also committee time, evaluating and trying to think through all this and deciding who stays, who doesn't, the more of a quagmire it became. And in a sense, um, there's been accusations of morality police. That's exactly what we did not want to be. We didn't, we didn't want to be assessing people's morality or good or bad. And in the end, that's what happened is many of us, even those like myself, who I thought maybe we should just change a bunch of these names, but not, not all of them. And in fact, some of the names I really like, I like Sabin's goal. You know, it's like a name that means something to me. And it's and it, it, it'll be sad to see that go. I could not see a way if you choose to change Scott's Oriole that you can keep Sabin's goal without making this so messy and so much about people and not birds that. That, you know, I changed my mind completely. I just thought, you know what? We cannot cannot do this um, and keep those names and have functional committees that are actually dealing with ornithology rather than morality. So it was, in my sense, it was a way not to be the morality police, uh, as opposed to, I guess, what some folks are accusing the AOS of, you know, so... Maybe it's a long-winded answer, sorry. but No, it's, I think, a very good answer. Um, uh, I think looking this week on social media, the, uh, the reaction's been all over the place, as, as we said. There's, there's a couple extremes. Um, so I'm curious before we get into this, because yeah. we, we talked about this a tiny bit before we started recording, but Alvaro, you have not been on social media most of the past week. So I'm curious what you expected the response to be and how big did you expect this news to be in the birding community? Um, 
I, I, I thought it would be big. Uh, I know that just as I was leaving that, you know, people, some of the people in the group were being interviewed by the New York times and, you know, USA today and all these, you know, NPR. And, and because I was leaving, I couldn't, I couldn't do all the interviews. And in a sense, um, that that would have been stressful too. To, uh, in fact, you know, I'm, I'm being interviewed by the best today, so that's probably the, <laughs> the right way to approach this. But um, I I I thought it was going to be big. Uh, I did not. I probably felt like it was going to drop like 30, 30, 30, 30, or 33, 33, 33. Like 33 are going to love it. 33 percent going to hate it, and the middle are going to be like, ah, whatever. I can live with it. And I don't know if that's exactly the case or not. I, I, what I've seen is actually in, it's been actually relatively positive, which may mean I live in a silo. But <laughs> I, I think that is definitely one of the things. Um, you know, we live in a, a much more complex world. It seems like all the time, and I feel like this this issue, this debate, whatever you want to call it, is playing out like so many other things that are happening um, in society at large where there's an initial um, emotional reaction and people observing that emotional reaction and then um, that are being quiet and then for, you know, for, for whatever reason. And then they're starting to react. Uh, I feel like we're getting sort of that secondary reaction right now. Um, but the initial, you know, there's kind of two extreme reactions that I think were really not actually healthy for this discussion that we're having now. And one was sort of like the, this is wokeness at its worst. This is cancel culture. You know, that's all this is. And, and what, you know, and then the other was sort of, I think, equally dismissive was, um, this is the way it has to be. If you think any other way, then you're a racist. And to me, those are, you know, I suppose those are defensible positions, but I did, I think, um, to me, that's, those are kind of where the extreme ends of the debate lie. And I think there's a lot of, I, I know from people that have contacted me, there's a lot of people that are afraid to weigh in, um, for fear of how they will be received. Um, at any rate, I think, um, I guess I, I'm curious, what would you tell, you know, we know a lot of people that work in ornithology that have described new birds. Some of them have named them for other people. If somebody said, um, you know, how do we keep a few names for our heroes? You know, you've been talking about how it really is just not, you know, you can't pick and choose because it's just too messy a process and too judgy. But what would you say to somebody that says, well, you know, can I keep some of my heroes? What would what would you say to my heroes that are having these names taken away from them if you would characterize it that way? Um, if I could put you firmly on the spot. Yeah, Um so one of the things that I think is, is to me clear is that we have two sets of names. We have scientific names and we have English names or Spanish names or, you know, or colloquial names, whatever you might want to call them. But one of them really is the realm of science and published by a very specific set of rules. 
And you can name a bird after your heroes in the scientific world or a subspecies or something, right? But you don't have to have the English name or the cultural name be that, right? And a lot of things that and one of the things that a lot of people also don't understand is that many of these offensive names will stay in the scientific name or these people who are not offensive names, but people who might be of offense to some folks, their names will stay. And that is the way it is in terms of science. And it it's a, you may disagree with that or you may agree with it, but it is the way it works. But that is the language of the scientists, right? And if you as a scientist are trying to honor your friend or your hero or what have you, it is kind of clean to have that happen within the scientific name or the scientific process without necessarily having to have it happen in in the common name. And like a real personal situation for me is that I'm involved right now with a series of Chilean ornithologists in, in a, you know, figuring out storm petrol systematics. And one of them is possibly a new species. And that new species, my co-authors want to name it in a scientific name after somebody. Yet, first I grappled with this and I said, do we really want to do this? And they were like, yeah, you know, we actually really want to do this. I say, well, okay, but the English name or the Spanish name should be separate and tell us about ecology or something else. And we were all kind of like, you know, that actually works. And that is not there's no erasing history there if you're actually still naming things after people in the scientific realm. And it's only being used, you know, in sort of the scientific world or maybe to in the field guide a little bit that most people never read, right? And there is that. And even if you go a little further back, it used to be that when birds were named or even um, mentioned in a scientific article, you had the species name and also in parentheses who named it. So you had another name there as an honor to that person who named it. And I actually suggested once in this, in, in one of these discussions somewhere along the line, if people really want to honor the heroes, why don't we bring back that old system in the scientific world where every time you also have the person who named the thing be part of it. And it was sort of funny because it was like, well, no, you know, that, Nobody does that anymore. It's like, well, what what are you looking for here? Is is what I thought. You know? <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're up another way to honor your heroes, um, and and you're not using it anymore. But it was something that people did. And I think clearly to me, it's like culture, science, they both mesh together at times. And specifically, birding, we have a lot of people who are love the scientific part of birding others who just like the birding birding the fun part of birding the chase whatever but the two exist and are different uh, and that i think is to me a way to sort of go oh yeah like we haven't really erased all of the science which is what some people are saying none of the science is changing the science is exactly the same it's the english name we're changing which is the cultural name See what I mean? And yeah. it happens to be, for a weird reason, historical reason, that a scientific group of people 
have dealt with our cultural names. It's just right. the way like that's, we ended that's up. Been the, that's the way it's been going on in the future. Yeah. Um, it's going to be different. I think one of the things I've struggled with is that a lot of my heroes, people I grew up learning um, about birds from, really vehemently oppose this uh, change. And it's not because they're not good people. It's um, it's just because, well, whatever their reasons are, I don't necessarily always understand them. But um, it's uh, – I was saying to a friend um, how being in Philadelphia and seeing birding really grow in these last, you know, eight, ten years – there's so many new birders and as giving bird walks and leading bird walks around town and interfacing with new birders and seeing an increasingly uh, diverse birding public here, which is something we've all wanted for so long and seems to really be taking shape now. Um, you start talking about these names and you can just see the expression on people's face where it's like, they're kind of like, you know, you talk about, you know, Swainson's thrush or you talk about Cooper's hawks and and some of them don't, you know, most people don't know the history. I don't know the history of those two in particular. I, I do know the history of some because, you know, Philadelphia is a big place for early ornithology. And, uh, and I would talk about the history of some of the early ornithologists here in the course of these bird walks. But then you start to realize – Again, you see the expressions on these people's face where it just like it not only does it not resonate with them, it actually makes them feel bad. Um, mm -hmm. And if, you know, moving ahead, I would rather not do that. <laughs> and I guess that's that's where I, you know, that's that's because I, I started off against this as well. I was not initially in favor of the name change. Um and then I kind of set it aside for a while and and then, you know, talking to people, seeing commentary, digesting it. I've done a complete 180 and I'm just 100% for it. Yeah. I mean, Molly, do you have any thoughts here? Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm kind of building on that that idea. However, I feel like we should, I wish we were together. I feel like we need to be like offering you a glass of water. Like this feels a little bit like an interrogation. No, no. Yeah, the lights oh. are really bright in your hotel room. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, uh, well, you know, Molly, I mean, let's face it. I mean, we have brown crested flycatcher named after you. We have um, so many brown <laughs> birds named after you. So uh, they all have to go. Yeah, I have a whole um, category of LBJs <laughs> named after me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm personally no. pretty safe in this discussion. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, okay. So I, I do have another question here. So no matter what angle you're coming to this from as as a person um, or someone on the committee, I guess all of us have some level of caring about birds, right? So did it come up in the committee or Alvar, I don't know if you want to take this from like a committee standpoint or your personal standpoint or what, but does changing the names, the honorific names of birds benefit the birds? And if so, how? Um, 
that's a good question because I think a lot of people have said online the birds don't care, and there's there's an element of that that's true, right? Um, but you know, if Stellar's eider was the you know magnificent side spot or something like that, you know, whatever you might want to call it, that was doing something that sounds groovy and crazy. Perhaps some people would be like, I want to see that thing. What is it? You know, um, I just made that up because they got a little black spot on the flank or, you know, on the like breast it. side. Yeah. Um, so there might be some element of, of that. Ownership is odd, right? Like when you have an apostrophe yes on something, it, it's it's odd right so let's say you're if if you're the even a a religious person right and you have the idea of the creator made all these creatures and then you give that creature the name of some dude or woman seems odd to me from the from (laughs) from that respect if you are just a lover of nature maybe nothing to do with religious thought and you have this beautiful raspberry-looking bird that comes down, you know, on your feeder, and it's like a yard bird, and you're going crazy, and it's a Cassin's finch. And uh, sure, you could, you might think, oh, who was Cassin? You might get interested if you're so inclined. I've been birding my whole life, practically. I, I've seldom looked up the names of many of these people, truly, like just honestly, and I'm a very curious person otherwise. Because if if I want to look up people, um, and and George knows I'm an avid reader of People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Can't live without his Us Weekly and his People. That's, That's yeah. right. You know, I mean, I, I admit it. I watch the Kardashians, but um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, the point is that. You know, I, I haven't looked up many of these folks. I've learned about some of them over time. Um, and it has not been something that's been amazingly interesting to me. And maybe that's also why my ideas have shifted over the time. But also, I, I got to tell you that one thing that did occur to me through this process was I remember back a couple of years ago, uh, and you know, walking around with a couple of local friends, birder friends in San Mateo County, he was invited to to go to a place that was closed off to, you know, sort of a new reserve. And, you know, we sort of had the special access to this place. And we were talking about various things. And the bird names for birds thing had sort of started popping up. And then it was sort of gaining steam. And I was hearing about this. And I remember at the, the start becoming quite, um, upset about this whole thing because I thought, so finally we're getting to the point where people, where you could say from the global South Latinos, you know, people in Africa and so forth are, are actually doing ornithology. And it's like, so finally these people down there could get names, birds named for them or name things after their colleagues. And I thought, and now the system's just going to be closed, right? It seems so unfair. It seemed really weird. And then I realized, you know, it's 
if he's just, I step back and I thought this is all about ego, vanity. There's nothing beneficial to the bird. Why would we have to name the English name after, you know, Senor, whoever, who named after, named the bird. And, and that was also a trip for me. So it's like thinking, wow, this is not necessary and um, we don't actually need it. And it doesn't help the birds and it doesn't, it may hinder some level of interest in, in the birds. I don't really, I, I agree with a lot of people that say that, you know, changing the names is not going to suddenly make the world amazing and open to women and people of color, but it's a step of something that might be a nagging thing that might upset somebody, especially like if you read um, Steve Hampton's summary of his personal thoughts on Scott. Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent essay. He basically talks about how that particular name was offensive to, you know, to, to him and to the Cherokee nation. Um, and, um, which he's I mean, a part just of. A, yeah, which he is a part of. Um, and, uh, and he was also one of the names on the ad hoc committee as well. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'd encourage people to go, to go read it themselves. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I could yeah. Justice really, but, um, but I, it was, it was powerful to read. Yeah. So if those, those things are out there that, that a certain number of people are not just, you know, they're not. You know, to to make a cartoon out of it, you know, sort of liberal white elites um, mad about some injustice. And no, it's like you, your history, and a certain person, a bird names that a bird's na- named after that had a great negative part in your history as a person, as an American, that I think is worth thinking about and. And it's a beautiful bird. Why would we give a nasty history to a beautiful bird is what I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I did, I got a note from one friend as well. Um, uh, who is Filipino and, and he, he wrote that he was talking about, um, you know, he's a, he's a long time birder. You know, he's not, you know, some people say this isn't going to help in the future, but there's people now that this affects currently. Um, and he was saying there's something gratifying about no longer feeling like a lone voice out in the wilderness on this. You know, like he, this is somebody who, you know, has been a dedicated birder for a very, very long time uh, and mm-hmm. has had these feelings and only now really is starting to feel like this community is fully embracing them. Um, so that counts. Yeah, that counts. And um, I, it's, and it's complicated, you know, cause the, the other part is the sadness of, of um, losing a name. And, and I think one way that I've, I've thought about that is like, if, you know, I have a, I have a dog and his breed is a labrador. Can you imagine if the American Kennel Club changed it to Timberdoodle? And I was like, no, it's not. It's a Labrador. It always will be a Labrador to me. And so I understand that because in, in that case, there's an emotional content 
to that name that is so powerful that you cannot um, disassociate. Your, created by humans. Yeah. As well. Right, right. But you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm using yeah. an example of something that I think I'd be like, oh my God, like I would care about that more than Cooperstock for some reason. So I understand those that care about Cooper's Hawk as a name uh, that may just think like it's always been the name since I started and I have a real connection to the name and so forth. I, I don't want to dismiss it. That's not a reality that is important. The, the issue is like also that names change all the time, right? They have over, over the years due to taxonomy or other situations. And this is another aspect of it that is, is becoming uh, vital because we are, I think the AOS is understanding that it is not just a science that needs to be incorporated in the names, but culture and society's thoughts about how names, what na who we should honor, what we should honor, and what even we should communicate in a name, right? And in that respect, one of the things that hasn't been talked about a lot in this process is that the taxonomic committees um, have always been doing the splits and lumps and also choosing the names, the English names. And there was a decision here made to separate that. So the taxonomic committees would do the taxonomy, the science. The science is done by a group of scientists working in their line of expertise. The English names can now be done by a broader set of people that includes scientists, taxonomists, birders, writers, poets, linguists, historians, right? So a broader set of people to come up with a set of names that is more culturally relevant and maybe more uh, evocative or better, let's say, than the old name. So there's, there's that part, too, that is really important that I think not many people are talking about is that this separate committee is going to be set up. And that will probably facilitate the taxonomy because I've been on the taxonomy committee with people or decisions that were not being made quickly enough because there was all of this issue about the English names. And there was none of them. It was just choosing what was a good name, according to that group. So it was just the back and forth of, no, we should be this, it should be that. Or, no, I don't like this. It's not really quite brown. It's more Sienna. It's more like this. It's more, And you're like... Why are we even doing this? If this is the we, we have more community. ways to say brown than any like <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. the birders. I swear. I don't know. I like brown. Yeah, yeah, brown is pretty good. Yeah, you're partial <laughs> to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that's an important step. Even even if if the AOS had not decided to sort of change all names over time, and there's also a, the timeline's not clear. This could take 10 years. It's not like things are happening tomorrow. Um, but you, you think the, that's true? You think that – how many total names are we talking about? I forget. It's dozens. Is it 150 or something like that? Um, I think it was like 80 uh, or – it depends on – yeah, I forget which – how much of the AO, AOS NAC. I've, um, I, I guess I've heard some people say like – can we just do this all at once? Do we do do we have to piecemeal it? Like, does it have to be a ten year thing? Is it something that could be like, you know, worked on in a year? And or is it really? You think it's really going to? I don't know. I don't know what's better, but um, I just think everything know. takes time. You know. Yeah. 
is the commitment to change all English common honorific names, starting with ones that regularly occur in North America, in quotes, U.S. and Canada? Or is it is it solely committed to the U.S. and Canadian birds at this point? Uh, that's, that's one thing that we're, I'm, I'm a little bit unclear on because we suggested that the whole process should eventually be all of the new world, right? And that the process in, in, in Latin America should involve a different set of stakeholders, you know, in, involved with English names in, in Latin America. But it's um, at this point, I think the AOS is trying to figure out what the South American or areas that are Spanish speaking, if there was a more inclusive way to include people who are working in those regions in the naming process. So the, the clearest thing I can say is like, you know, U.S. and Canada, yes. And also the, the ad hoc committee um, was first said sort of a common names committee, but we decided to call it English names because we didn't want to deal with French names for, for birds in Quebec or North America, Quebec, French, not knowing anything really sort of being sort of that was beyond what we had expertise in but and not perhaps there'll be some other level of 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 you know work on that by quebec birders but you gotta understand that there's official french names for north america you know u.s canadian birds too and that's spelled out there we're not doing anything with french names it's english names and i think the start will be canada u.s and it's still a little less clear as to how to proceed elsewhere and what stakeholders. And if you truly want to have like an open process of incorporating people from other regions, that's, that's important. But keep in mind, these are English names. They're not Spanish names. So, it, it, you know, that there's some places in the Spanish speaking world that have a lot of tour guides that use English names, like see Colombia, you know, the English names kind of mean something. Um, Chile, Argentina, English names, nobody uses them other than tourists. So that come down here. So it's a, it's a different um, set of stakeholders depending on the place. And I don't know how that'll work or come about, but that was what I'm understanding is right now it's Canada, U S is sort of prime, go uh, territory <laughs> and, and, and within within, within Canada and the US um, even I guess I'm not sure where the lines are drawn like you know let's say that the first ever Middendorf's grasshopper warbler um, showed up in the US tomorrow uh, I mean there haven't been very many records anyway really but like this is a Eurasian bird that you know occurs as a vagrant um, what do you think the committee would do with that? So we, the, the ad hoc committee actually uh, tiered bird names into multiple different um, really tiers. So some, some are going to be the, the birds that the tier one, so they breed in the U S and Canada or, and or Canada, primarily American in the new world sense, birds. Then there's a tier two, not exclusively like 
uh, natives to the Americas. So they could be pelagic, like, like something that brings us uh, Well, no, like more like pink-footed. Well, yes, or not pink-footed, but uh, Wilson star petrel, right? Because it breeds outside of the U.S. and Canada, right? Leeches breeds within the U.S. and Canada. So it'd be the ones that breed outside. I and then that. they'd be like tier three was um, middle, middle, middle American and, and Antillian Caribbean birds. Then tier four was species with pending species level taxonomic changes. Um, so in, in a sense, don't mess around with those because they might be split or lumped or whatever at this point in time. So that could actually be Stellar's Jay. Like if that changes, depending on how it's split, then, you know, you need a new name anyway. So like, don't worry about it yet because there might be a taxonomic issue that would make it need a new name anyway. But it's the tier one species. Stellar J. Yes. Remove the apostrophe and change the spell. Stellar J. Boom, done. Exactly. Exactly. Done. I mean, you know, you know how like when they make, there's like a, a grassy field and there's like a, a paved path that is not where people want to walk. And then they, they actually just make a, the cut across and then that becomes like this dirt path that, that everybody's using. I feel like Stellar J is like that. Like just mm-hmm. go with it, you know? I mean, people want little that little shortcut that's not official, but, you know, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i hope that answers that bit or i forgot the question well i guess i was wondering about some of these vagrants like yeah. how this like would it would take shape on uh, an aou list where something occurs as a vagrant that is an eponym um yeah all of a sudden it it, it gets a new north american name um right and it's a it's a it's a messy subject in in the international sense, but um, the the other thing is is that um, we've dealt with things like this before, right? We do have multiple names for birds that are separate in different parts of the English speaking world, and um, you can say, well, this is going to make it worse. We, we're going to have a less standardized set of names, and that is true, but um, people always talk about the benefits of standardization. They never talk about the benefits mm-hmm. of having names that matter to you as your, your place, your culture. Uh, can you imagine if uh, the, the standardization committee had come in and said, we want to call it the killdeer plover. You'd be like, no, it's just a killdeer. We don't need the plover, you know, but it's a plover. Makes sense. You want to make it be the plover, kill your plover. And then you say, well, yeah, it makes sense, but I just don't want that because we don't call it that. Right. And it's, 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 like but it's fine. Sora rail. Sora rail right. feels similar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it's fine if somebody else, like let's say the uh, Australians had a vagrant kill deer, which I doubt they do, but let's say they did and they wanted to call it the kill deer plover. That's fine. That's the Australian checklist. And there's, there's a beauty to having actually regional names because we do have a standardized set of names, which is a scientific name. And it's not a cultural name, like I said, but it's still there. It's a tool. And that was the point of it, is that you could have, you could go, oh, yeah, Caradrius vociferus, killdeer, right? Or killdeer plover, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> 
do you think I think there's some people wondering where this might end like let's let's say that we get through all the honorific names um do you think this committee which is charged with um identifying good cultural names english names um would look at something like a ringnecked duck or a mountain plover and say okay you know maybe it's time to deal with that or do you think that you th- do you think those any any other English names could end up being changed, or a Philadelphia Vireo, or a Kate yeah. Warbler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philadelphia Vireo would that would sting. That would really sting. <laughs> you know, this is really about the the birds named after people, and yeah. uh, I think it does open for a lot of folks. It, it's I've no, I've seen this as like, oh, we should rename the things that are named after states. And it's like almost like it's a free for all. And it, it started from a specific situation, right? And and maybe when that is finished, culture or whatever the, the, the people who the committee or, or the AOS membership or the birders will start saying, you know what? I can't stand that there's some names that just make no sense. And that could be a fine thing to work on, like ten years down the line or whatever. But um, let's not get our, ahead of ourselves because this is a big deal, and change hurts. It's not easy for anybody, even those who say like, "Oh yeah, change all the names." It it it'll be tough on you too. It'll be tough uh, to get used to the, any new names or to to have to remember what they are, you know, I'm so used to saying, Oh, there goes a coop, you know, the Cooper's hawk, there goes a coop. Right. Right. You know, what's, what's that going to be now? You know, dull shinned hawk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And one of the things too, is that the committee, the new naming committee is bound or has to have public opinion come in and, and give it, so they have a process in which public opinion will be part of what they – they can reject all the public opinion, I guess, right? I don't know how they're going to work. But Seems like a bad it, idea. Right. I mean, I'm just saying that, right. that it's within the, the idea purview, that perhaps. it's with purview of like – they don't have to go with what's, you know, birdie McBirdface if that's just not what's going to work. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think – I don't think this is uh, easy, and it wasn't easy for our, for the the ad hoc committee, at least for some of the folks, to sort of come up on all this. And not there wasn't full agreement on everything, and and there were thoughts on um, you know I want to say one of the things that the the, the the committee always listened to everybody's opinion really openly, and. And I think that's how we all eventually came to sort of this, you know, not non-unanimous in, in every respect, but really sort of strong set of uh, ideas on how this should move forward. And I was really surprised that when we gave this to the AOS Council, they also had to go through the process of many of them were opposed. 
to changing all the names to start with, or some of them were. And then they read through our journey in a sense, and they realized, like, gosh, you know, they actually thought about this a bunch of time, and uh, they seem reasoned, and and they came up with this, and they sort of they've convinced us in a sense, and I I, I was surprised that we our document did actually make the, the council decide to do do this like to, to the full level i was actually frankly surprised i thought maybe some of it would happen but not all of it and um and i i think the strength of the the report was that we all really felt that everybody had a voice and, uh, and a valid opinion and everybody was intelligent and had important things to say and we didn't discount anyone you know in the in the ideas and that I've never been on a committee quite like that. And we started as a, essentially, we waffled and we went back and forth for months, kind of not with a rudder in a, in, a, in a weird way. And things sort of started to crystallize over time. It, and and once they did, it was really funny. Like it was just like, it just sort of came together because we, we all had disparate ideas of how they should move forward. And the fact that at the end of it, we were all, I would say, yeah, we're all largely happy, if not fully happy with the, I can't talk for other people, right? But I could not have thought of this proposal or this proposal the way it is today that I would have thought that two years ago. But the process was really informative for me to go through it all and go, yeah. No way we can do the scalpel approach and have this be anything but, you know, just painful. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like I mentioned, you know, just sort of morality police or whatever it might be. I couldn't see it working, especially having been part of committees where it takes a long time to sometimes just have people have enough time because they're doing it in volunteer basis to vote even on something that's a simple taxonomic decision that seems pretty clear cut. It can be difficult. I thought, let alone, like, let's discuss the importance or, you know, the, who um, McGilvery was. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's like I just couldn't see it working. Couldn't, couldn't see it happening. So that's kind of, in a sense, part of how it, how it all turned out. And, and I'm quite pleased, you know, and uh, um, and I am no radical, you know, brand new birder hasn't, you know, these are names I've, I've grown up with. And uh, I do yeah, think you started that, out a skeptic and, and, and exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. And also, also, like, I think, uh, um, I it's yeah it's, I'm used to the names I I it's gonna I know the pain that this is gonna be but I also have been around birding enough to know that it changes and it's gotten bigger than ever there's more people doing this and there will be more and ten years down the line let's say this is done those people would be happier with the new names than the names we have now and it's like yeah sure the older folks. 
are going to be peeved. But let's face it, um, you may not have 20, 30, 40 years left in birding, but there's all these brand new people who have 30, 40 years left in birding, and they'll be truly happy with better names. And I felt that was important. That was one point I tried to make to a friend as I, as like, I think going forward, we, we have a, we have a richer future with these name changes than we do if we don't make the change. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking similarly as you've been talking, Alvaro. I mean, you know, it's a common reason for, for whatever that people give is that this is something that I'm doing for future generations. This is really a decision that is creating an uphill battle in the short term in exchange for the long-term benefits, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. not going to be easy to figure out everything that's that's coming up next, but even what, 10, 20 years from now, who, <laughs> this conversation or this, this whole decision that's been made is going to be way in the past and right. something that new birders won't even think about as as it's a big of a deal as we feel it now um thanks to the decisions that have been made that have paved the way for that to not be an issue going forward yeah um i i am curious so your your committee has made its recommendation it's been approved um what what does that mean for the committee that you are on that's been formed are are you done are you still a committee did it dissolve or what's next for you all I think it's done. That was the purpose. Like it's finished and now it's up to the, the AOS to, to um, come up with a brand new names committee. It's also, there's repercussions in, there's been folks that have decided to leave the North American classification committee. There's people who have, who have been longtime AOS members who are leaving, um, who are parts of these committees and many of them are older established people and uh, sort of in protest. So there will be some reshuffling of some of these tasks that need to be done. Um, It's unclear what the South American classification committee, where or what it'll do. And, you know, I, I, I I also think that um, there's some, some some voices have been saying that this is all sort of instigated fully by bird names for birds, but I do feel like bird names for birds happen because there was a groundswell of opinion that was already going on. And the AOS committee reacted to certain younger members that also were talked to, and there was a diversity and inclusion committee within the AOS that said, you know what, this is a problem, these names. And it wasn't fully, it wasn't like the AOS or even our ad hoc committee that was thinking about the bird names for birds uh, community as the driving force for this. It was separate. And we did not actually have the idea of ending up in the same endpoint. And we did after it all played out. So, I think that's important. You know, no, no, not dismissing anything that Bird Names for Birds did, but it was, in a sense, parallel to and separate from that. 
but you guys both went through the same process and both reached the same endpoint. I think, well, at least we went through a, I know that I went through a process, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know exactly how Bird Names for Birds got to that thought. Similar, too, maybe a similar, a similar, similar process. I, I assume so. Yeah. 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 I can't talk for others, but it's been, I mean, you know, I, I gosh, I, I think, uh, it's it, it's not like this was done without care and attention. I, I want birders to realize that this was big, you know, conversations. We were like, whoa, you know, boy, this this is where we're going, you know, and and uh, tough to sort of sometimes even for some it was easy easier than others, right? But if if you're sort of not the uh, I know some of us have been labeled Marxist, woke, slash, you know, whatever. It's like, well, if you're not that, <laughs> you're really thinking through the stuff and going, hmm, um, yeah, this is going to cause some problems and it's going to be difficult and there's going to be people who are not going to like it and people who will like it. And But we feel that what we wrote is defensible and we stand by it and it was really thought through like it wasn't flippant at all and uh and um i know some others have said well it's not, you know it's not a democratic process um do you think that a smaller group of people <laughs> deciding on the aos committees on bird names was a democratic process or maybe not a smaller group but a small group of people that wasn't a democratic process either um or not not a democratic process like i don't know what this was just a process to a a proposal to give a process for the aos to sort of think about but um i i think that we have to sort of also think about knack and sack and uh the fact that there have been over the years times when people have asked for certain thoughts or ideas to be incorporated in their work where they have been rejected because that was not what they do or what they thought was important. And then, so when you have like a backlash of younger biologists who are saying we need to do something so that the AOS and leadership has to sort of put together this ad hoc committee, it didn't come out of zero. It came out from past history of stuff, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, and um, I think yeah, it didn't come from a vacuum. There's there didn't come from I, a vacuum. I, yeah. Some, some of these, some of the name, even re- recent name changes, I think um, have hurt you know, um, and, and maybe undercut some of the, um, and, and even, even let's, let's like McCown's long spur was changed and given a crappy name that nobody yes. likes. Right. So how about if we'd had a process where that name was changed to a better name than thick long spur? Yeah. You can you can argue yes it is the thickest build of the lungspurs it was the the, the the name that was used in the past that you, you can go through a lot of the process by which I think the biologists might the ornithologists would think is really logical but you have the chance to make a really great name 
and then you end up with a crummy name. I've never heard somebody say thick Bill Longspur is awesome. Never. <laughs> I've yet to hear that. So nor, this process, nor, nor do I think you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this process allows kind of really great names to pop out. Yeah. Perhaps. I hope. That's the plan. Yeah. I, I don't know well, how it'll play I think, out. I think that that's, there is a lot of trepidation about that. I think there's a lot of people nervous that we're going to end up with more BS, uh, if you will. <laughs> and and uh, not not to, uh, to un- undercut uh, or belittle the, the efforts of anyone, but I think there were some, right. there were some poor names chosen. Um, and yeah. um, and I, I think that that's there's people now thinking, well, geez, we're going to change all these names and we're going to end up with a bunch more you know, really not useful, fun, or distinctive names. Um, right. Yeah. And the idea is to have a broader set of people and public opinion so that um, – and I, I argued in the South American committee, and, you know, it's probably out there somewhere maybe, I think, where I said to them, like, why are we doing English names? Scientists are not the best at choosing really colorful, great names. And I was including myself in there, you know, even though I'm kind of like part-time scientist, you know, like hobby scientist, but uh, the, the truth. And, and I said, why don't we have the names be done by somebody else? Another committee. This was, you know, a couple of years ago and it, it did not, it wasn't received with, I think, you know, well, but I thought it was odd because English names had slowed down some of the process of the committee. So it would have even been a a facilitating kind of aspect of having the committee move forward with things. Not that I've been a fast committee member at all. Don't count me in as one of the – I'm a slowpoke. I'll admit that. (laughs) But um, I I thought that this was a good idea to try to get uh, get that committee out of the name – English name game. And um, and it was not not it did, didn't go anywhere. And I thought I'm not sure why. Like why? And given that it didn't seem to create any benefit for the birds or the committee. And then I imagine the knack. I don't. I've never been on the knack, but um, I don't know what they think about when they have the critique of. People saying that, you know, Thick Bill Lonsper is just a crappy name. Do any of them say, well, actually, I kind of didn't really think about it. I just went along with it, which you, you'd be surprised, but maybe that's what happened. You know, people, the biologists are much more interested in the biology, and that's fine. That's great. That's the way it should be. So why don't have, we have a committee that's really interested in the English names? like truly invested. Um, I don't see that as negative to the taxonomists. In fact, I think it frees them up to do the taxonomy and get out of the culture of bird names. I I don't know. It seems clean to me. I don't know why um, there's pushback on that in a sense. (laughs) I think everyone will feel better once they start seeing some of the names. Is there... Moving ahead, what like do you, you know for AOS in this process? Where you know, do you have any sense of what's coming next? Where you know, or how people can participate? Um, 
I saw a file someplace where people were starting to list potential names. You know, pe- people are having a lot of fun on Facebook coming up with some names. Yeah. Some of them are actually genius, I dare say. But right. um, but is there actually someplace where you can be constructive, um, you know, provide yeah, constructive feedback for AOS? I don't think the AOS is yet. I think right now they're fielding questions about name changes and the process of the, you know, what's, what's happened um, and, and the decision. I, and there's like um, that kind of thing is going on, but I'm not really weirdly enough, although I'm an insider on the ad hoc committee, I'm not at all an insider on the, um, the other part of the decision-making on the AOS and how exactly this will go forward. But the, the English names, um, ad hoc committee did provide a a sample of sort of how some of this could happen, and the the idea was to have some test cases, sort of start out with with trials of several names, you know, and and sort of work through the process of trying to change them, and how that would play out in order to inform how to do this more efficiently over time. And in my sense too, like thinking about taxonomic changes. I think that the committee, the names committee, English names committee will have to have almost like reserve names sitting there. They, they've already thought about for any potential taxonomic split so that they're ready. If there's a taxonomic change that they have an English name ready to go, that's already been vetted and thought about and calculated and, you know, all the parameters have been looked at and, you know, whether it makes a good, Four-letter code, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's going to be. I do think those things are important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they specified any bird species that are up first for those trials? Um, I, I, you know, I, I, we we had them first, kind of organized in some order. I'm not. Sh- I don't remember if the final. Uh, we had so many iterations of the, the document and some of it was, uh, you know, appendices that, that went, um, you know, just a lot of other information. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly if those were chosen. I know that we, we talked a lot about Townsend's warbler as one of the things to sort of think about in Scottorial because they just mm-hmm. were sort of the low hanging fruit. But um, I, I got to say too, that, there are a couple of non apostrophe names that were chosen to be changed. And I was in disagreement over a few of them, like the, the ones that weren't clearly a kind of ownership of the name, like Blackburnian warbler, Zenaida dove. I thought those were fine, even though they were named for a person. It didn't seem to me like it was clearly named if you didn't know Blackburnian Warbler was named for a person, it kind of just was a name and it, and it was kind of fun sounding. And I don't know, Zenaida Dove too. It's not Zenaida Dove. And Blackburnian was named after Anna Blackburn, right? So it's, it's, right. The, it's, it's modify. It's like a modifier of her name. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's not an apostrophe S. Right. Some, exactly. Uh, and I, I feel like, the, you know, we talked about secondary eponyms, right? So Humboldt penguin were the 
current, Humboldt Current's named for Humboldt, the penguin's named for the current, or American Red Start. America is named for Amerigo Vespucci. So it's a secondary eponym. And we decided those are, those stay. They're not clearly ownership slash. And we said, look, this process could play out over multiple decades in different ways. And maybe people will decide to do other things. But then, you know, I mean, changing America was kind of pretty major. Pretty major. That'd, that'd be a big so, one. Yeah. That'd be a big one. So, <laughs> so it seemed like there were clear boundaries on some things that also were just not that. Um, we discussed a lot of things like um, birds named for religious figures, birds named for, you know, um, all sorts of things we went through. And it's like, you know what? That it's not or mythical figures or what have you and or states mm-hmm. or where or with the joke. It's like, that's not what we're doing. It was just the names that were specifically named after a person. And to me, it was like that implied ownership or were sort of essentially vanity plates for ornithology, <laughs> sort of, you know, where you got to put whatever you want on there, um, even though these are great, fantastic birds that deserve a good name rather than to be named after, who knows, um, some person. Yeah. And I can't, you know, I would not have seen myself in this position a few years ago, got to say. Well, thanks for elucidating this process. I'm sure this is going to be a subject that we continue to touch on um, at times. Um, it's uh, it's a big one, and there's, like I say, you know, there's just been massive reaction. I think it's going to be ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know any uh, any any final thoughts here, Molly? Before we before we uh, move on anything else you want to raise before we scoot no i think that covered a lot of my burning questions on this um the you know we've talked about what's next and of course that's not totally clear it's not clear at all (laughs) um Mm. but really excited to see what happens and where this goes i think the vast majority of people have opinions or strong opinions on this um so everyone seems to think like this is the urgent thing to do right now. Um, we'll, we'll see what the timelines look like, but it will be a, a fun special report to continue covering on the lifeless podcast. Indeed. Yeah. And I, I do, I do think that, um, people who are feeling sad about this and, um, worried, angry have, um, valid, completely valid, um, ideas there on how they should feel about this is a big thing. And um, also those who are ecstatic and feel like they've won some war against other folks in the birding world. Well, I would say tone it down a bit too. Like this is where we want to be thinking about all of us together in the future, not creating other things we can you know, argue about. And I know it's tough now. I totally know it because I like some of these names. I've told you, and I, but I, I, yeah, I've I've explained it already. I don't have to do it again. But uh, I'm going to be sad to see some of these. And one of the things I do want to also say is like, 
today in, in the computerized world, we have birds of the world, we have Wikipedia, where all the old names can reside so that confusion can be averted to some extent. You can always look up if you go like, what the heck is Swainson's thrush? Oh, you know, the Bolivian migrant thrush. <laughs> it's like whatever it might be in the future. Um, so it, it's easier now than it ever was to do this kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, also eBird and the Cornell folks have, have been great at, at thinking through some of the aspects of how they would incorporate some of this change. Yep. Right on. Well, guys, I think we should scoot. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, be kind to each other. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's keep talking about birds. And uh, we'll be back again soon. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Uh,